0: It's time to peel back the false beliefs and live the life you dream about. For additional resources or to contact me directly, please visit my website, heatherhakes.com. Without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. Welcome to episode number 415. In today's podcast, my guest is sharing with you how to create a total money mindset makeover. Welcome to today's interview. i brought on Leah Ellis. Leah, welcome hi please give listeners a little background where do you live and what do you do
1: uh so i'm a financial coach a bookkeeper a profit first guide and a mom and we're in southern california so i do it all in beautiful sunlight nine out of 12 months of the year Um, what part of cali are you in we're in northern los angeles county okay nice
0: Nice. All right. So today I'm excited. This is a hot topic. It's still a bit taboo in the U.S., which who knows why, but we're going to be talking money, money mindset, the power of money. You're going to debunk some myths and and just like get us into flow and abundance mindset, which is yeah. where we are naturally. So please just give a little background. Um, how
1: did you get into this work? Um, I was broke. Like, desperately terribly when my husband and I were first married my mother-in-law paid our rent and she met us at taco bell to give us the check so she could buy our dinner too do you know how broke you have to be to not be able to afford taco bell yeah that's yeah yeah we were as broke as we could possibly get and we he was in college full-time and I was working to try and put him through school and he was working two side jobs to try and finish school and we were convinced that once he got a good job money would magically never be a problem again. Like think that's all we needed, right? We just needed more income and then it would be okay. So we went and got more income. His first job out of college was a six-figure job. We went from somebody else was paying our rent to six-figure income. We still sucked with money. We were still living paycheck to paycheck. We still had no idea what we were doing. We were taking out payday loans. We actually like found this payday loan program that if you took out more frequent loans, they would give you loyalty points. And we were trying to reach the highest tier in loyalty programs. Oh because my God. we were taking out so many payday loans. Yeah, no, but I don't, I've don't. i never told anybody that before. Like we were actually trying to get to the highest tier of payday lending. Yeah. Um, And then we kept at it. Until two years after his big job, I had my second daughter. Or no, three years after his big job, I had my second daughter, and my mother-in-law came out, and she visited with us, and then she went back home, and shortly afterwards, she sent us Profit for or um, Financial Peace University and uh, Total Money Makeover as a Christmas present. Um, what she didn't know is between when she had left on December seventh. And when it came on like December 30th, we financed $100,000. What did we a, borrowed? Yeah, we borrowed $100,000 in six days.
0: Pardon the interruption. If this content is resonating with you, please be sure to leave a five star review. I want to offer you some additional resources. Visit my website, heatherhakes.com, and sign up for my free video training on how to reprogram your subconscious mind. Again, visit my website, heatherhakes.com. I've also created a self-study course all about mindset and manifesting. You can find this on my website, heatherhakes.com forward slash course. Finally, if you are ready to deep dive and really transform your life, I offer one-on-one coaching. I will help you create clarity and a roadmap so you can live the life you dream about. Best part? everything I teach, you can start implementing right now. To learn more and schedule your free discovery call, visit heatherhakes.com forward slash coaching. Now back to regular programming.
1: So by the time January 1st rolled around, we had $123,000 worth of debt, his six-figure income, and two babies. Okay. So I
0: think let's pause real quick. I think it's important to note here that Because so many people seek change outside of them. If we get a better job, if I live in a new house, if if I get into a new relationship, then things will change. But you are proving that it's nothing external. You had these internal beliefs and programs. And no matter how much you were making, you were still driving yourself into a hole.
1: Yep. And the whole, the thing about earning more money is that then you can get bigger loans. (laughs) Oh God. Because when we had somebody else paying our rent, they would not have loaned us $100,000. Right. But once we could pay our own mortgage, then it was a lot easier to get $100,000 loans um, and end up in this giant hole. So I'm sitting fairly similar to how I am now with a baby sleeping on my lap, you know, sitting, On my couch with my newborn daughter at the time sleeping on my lap and i'm like i'm screwed my children are not going to have college funds i don't my three-year-old is in ballet and i'm gonna have to take her out because i can't afford the tuition like i can't keep going like this we are operating on a negative negative eight hundred dollar a month budget right now we are spending eight hundred dollars every month that we don't make and we decided it had to stop so we actually took the financial peace university class that my mother-in-law gave us. We implemented it slowly at first, I will admit, we did not jump in guns blazing because we were skeptical. We thought, you know, we didn't need to close the credit cards because the reward points were were great. Um, and we didn't really need to pay off all the debts. We just needed to pay off some of them so that we could, you know, breathe again. Um, and then that November rolled around and we decided let's just like take it seriously. And we did no spend November. And with no spend November, we launched ourselves into a year of paying off all of our debts. So at the end of November the following year, we were completely debt-free. It took us 23 months from when we got Financial Peace University to paying off $123,000 because we changed our mindset. We decided we were sick and freaking tired of living paycheck to paycheck. And we were desperate and we were heartbroken. And we decided it was time to make a change and stop waiting for something else to change for us okay where mind out of matter comes from like we had to do it so here's what i want to touch on you were given a
0: tool you were given a tool and you kind of danced around and dabbled in it for almost a year which is fine because change for people is scary, right? You don't know the mm-hmm. unknowns. And sometimes we think, oh, that'll be too easy, or I don't trust it, or I can do this on my own. So it took you almost a year to be like, Meh. But then you went all in and to pay off a six figures debt in a year is a huge feat.
1: Oh, we, we, were, we worked really hard and um, we cheated a little bit. We were in a car accident and we got a settlement from the car accident and we used it to pay off our solar panels in full. So that paid off one debt was just, it was a wash. Um, it was paid off because of my van got damaged pretty severely, but the insurance company fixed the van. And so it all worked out. I will also say that having the tool and not having the mindset won't help because I took Dave Ramsey's class in high school. Yeah. And I was like, that's for rich people. Baby step number one is to save a thousand dollars. I'm never going to have a thousand dollars in my pocket at one time that I don't need to pay for groceries. This is ridiculous. And it took having my second child before I realized, wait, I don't need to save the whole thousand dollars right now, but I have to save something for the love of my child. This little girl deserves better. And I hate to say it, but it was my second daughter, not my first daughter that hit us like, oh my God, we have to change it because suddenly it was double the impact of, oh my God, I'm teaching two children to do terrible things with their money. I have to fix this. Yeah.
0: Well, I think that that's important too, is it is baby steps, but wait, you touched on something that I wanted to talk about. Oh, the mindset piece. So as an example, something that I teach is the 80-20 rule. And at this point, I actually heard it in a YouTube video in this past week. They they were talking about it more as like a 95% mindset, 5% strategy. But let's just go to 80-20 because I've talked about it before. Ultimately, any success in life, no matter what area you're going after, business, personal health, money, if you have to have that 80% mindset piece of it, the belief, the confidence, the knowing, Mm -hmm. And then the external, the outside is that strategy, the small piece. But you're right, especially in the business world. So, And I experienced this when I began, but so many people go all in on strategy and a website and SEO and marketing and how to, and you don't even have the mindset piece behind it. You'll spend, because I did it, thousands of dollars on the small piece of the pie without the fundamental foundational principles. Mm Mm-hmm. So I'd love for you to share more about what was this, that um, money makeover, whatever program you did, what did you learn and implement completely change your reality?
1: So Total Money Makeover is the book, Prof um, Financial Peace University is the course. They're both by Dave Ramsey Mm -hmm. and it is literally the baby steps of getting out of debt. Um, He's been doing it long, like as long as I've been alive. Um, it, it really is that foundational and it is not earth shattering. It's just a matter of actually implementing it. But so many people get stuck in our emotions and implementing something so basic feels counterproductive to our big problem. Mm. Saying I have a big problem. This tiny step is going to help feels like saying, oh, I was shot in the stomach maybe I should put a little pressure on it. No, I need to go see a doctor, but you have to do the baby steps. First. You need to put some pressure on the wound while you're on the way to the doctor, or you're going to bleed out before you get there. You have to start somewhere. So taking the baby step and saying that the baby step isn't where you stop. It's opening a door. It's taking the first step. It's breathing and accepting yourself. Mm. 78% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. So every time I do a coaching call and I'm like, how do you feel about your money? I'm overwhelmed. I'm stressed. I'm scared. I'm frustrated. They feel fear. They feel grief. They feel shame time and time and time and time and time again, because that's how we all feel about our money. We're terrified of it. We don't understand all the abbreviations and the the tricks of the trade that they could throw out there that you just have to do it the right way so that you don't have to pay taxes and you can buy a house with no down payment. And then you just end up stuck and you don't know what to do. You don't know how to get out of it. And the answer every time unanimously is go do your budget. I don't care if you tell me you've been relentlessly budgeting for the last 15 years. I want you to sit down and do a budget. Sit down and write it. Look at it on paper. Do the baby steps. Change your mindset around to the fear of the word budget. Yeah. Do a budget. It won't so, bite you. I just want to offer you something there because I heard this years ago.
0: And I do believe in the power of the word. So semantics. And this comes down to NLP, which is neuro-linguistic programming. So I believe, and this was my experience, the word budget is very constrictive. And when I heard this phrase, spending plan, I was mm-hmm. like, oh, that's fun. So if I just want to offer anybody listening and watching, if a budget makes you feel constrictive, yucky, not enough, lack in scarcity, a small shift in my spending plan. Ooh, this is my spending plan. First of mm-hmm. all, that's fun because you're spending. So it's an out. It's a plan. So you feel in control. Mm hmm. And I just, yeah,
1: budget feels limited and, and we're not that's, and that's my favorite thing about doing as I teach budgeting mindset classes is shifting the perspective on the whole word budget. I'm like, let's, let's look at the word budget and what it really means, because we all feel like it's a dirty word. I have a, a blog on my website it's called the B word. And it's like, I know a word that will make old ladies gasp. Ready? do a budget. And then it's, you know, oh my God, the horror, because it is a really overpowering word. But what my mission is to do is take the power out of that word and build it into something new, because I don't want you to be like, I do appreciate that saying let's, let's give it a new name to help us start it. Let's, let's make a plan. But then when, when you look in your dictionary, I want you to see that your budget is just a written plan for how you're using your money. Yeah. The word budget doesn't bite and the word budget isn't coming after you and it's not there to tell you you can't go to Target anymore. In fact, I use the phrase, it was in the budget every time I walk out of Target and my husband raises an eyebrow at me. Sure. <laughs> I already planned for this. It was budgeted for yeah. That's because I'm crazy and budget is now one of my favorite words because it took me from negative $800 a month to running a business teaching other people how not to be negative $800 a month.
0: Yeah. Well, I think the important part here is like let's even go a little bit further right money is literally paper and metal money is paper and and metal. And somehow we've placed money on this crazy pedestal. We're not worthy. We're not deserving. We have to work hard to earn it. Like let's dispel some of that stuff.
1: Yeah. My favorite thing ever when people come to me and they tell me money is the root of all evil. If I make too much money, I'll stop being a good person because I'm only a good person because of my struggles. No, honey no that money is a magnifying glass it's an amplifier it's the megaphone of your amazingness so when you add some value to yourself and you say i'm going to provide this bomb service and for this bomb service you are going to provide me with these pieces of paper that i can then use to spread my message further and feed my family that money didn't do anything evil It fed your kids and spread your message and your message is bomb. That's why you're spreading it in the first place. Yeah. I love thinking. Oh, go ahead. It's a magnifying glass to all of your amazing. So go earn as much as you want and use it for magic and amazingness and power. I love that too, because uh, when you think
0: of money is like, okay, well, wait a minute. If I get more money than I could hire people. I can do more. I can have bigger reach, more marketing dollars, whatever it may be. So actually the more I get, the more I can do, the more I can be of service. And I think that can help shift a mindset too. Let's also talk about a lot of people think that the way they can get money is only through a job. That's the only source of revenue. Yeah,
1: you can earn money at your job. You can earn money by selling your expertise. You can earn money by doing podcast appearances. If you do lots of them, (laughs) you can earn money in so many different ways. And then you can have investments. If you start when you're young, you can have investments that make you millions while you sleep. One of my offerings is a money management class for 13 to 16 year olds. I had a 13 year old entrepreneur come to me and tell me he wanted to know how he could start saving for retirement, what he needed to save and what it would turn into. So we ran the numbers and it was like, if he saves $50 a month starting at 13, because he owns a landscaping business and therefore has taxable income, he's eligible to start a Roth IRA. If he funds his Roth IRA with 50 bucks a month, what will he have when he retires? If he never adds another penny, he does $50 a month at 13, at 23, at 33 and 43, by the time he's 65, it's $1.4 million. Nice. And that's like, and that's $50 a month. That's assuming he never contributes more than that. He never like gets a work bonus and throws it into the 401k. He never increases the percentage based on his income. He just stays at
0: $50. You know what? This makes me think of the analogy and maybe you've heard it before, but you know, how do you eat an elephant? one by at a time. And so I think even with the idea of money is it's like, okay, let's break it down. What is money really? Because when you start getting into investing and stock market, number one, I think it's boring AF. But two, I think it's like because we're not taught that in school, why would we not have been taught that right? We're not taught that so it's foreign. it seems intimidating. I could never learn that. So what I, I would like to really go more in on, even from your personal experience or from coaching, is helping people understand the power of shifting their beliefs, their money paradigm, their money mindset, and how they can have the lifestyle they dream about.
1: Yeah. Um, the first and foremost thing is if you're going to have investments, get a financial advisor who teaches. I don't want you going out there looking for the financial advisor who's going to sell you the coolest, hottest, neatest, new options and not tell you what any of them are. I want you to go find a teacher who happens to sell investments. And I don't want you to buy any investment that you couldn't explain to a five-year-old. And if your financial advisor can't explain it to you in a way that would make sense to a five-year-old, fire them and hire another one. If it is your investment, you have the right and the responsibility to know how it works. Mm -hmm. That being said, none of them work through... time travel. None of them work through teleportation and none of them work through black magic. They're all just numbers. And I know numbers are really scary. I failed algebra too. I don't like math. Money is numbers made physical. And it's the same nine digits and throw in zero so you can get your 10 digits, but you can touch it and you can feel it and it can make a difference in your life. And it gets a whole lot more exciting when you start thinking about, I don't really understand the difference between a Roth IRA and an irregular IRA. Why do I, do I need a traditional or a Roth? But when I start telling you, do you want to pay your taxes now while you're working or do you want to pay your taxes when you're retired? Oh, well, I don't wanna have to pay taxes on my retirement income. This is why we use a Roth because with the Roth, you pay your taxes now and all of the growth, all of those millions of dollars you're going to make in that retirement account are tax-free. Suddenly, the decision between Roth and traditional isn't terrifying. It's a really simple question. When do I want to pay taxes? Unfortunately, we can't say never. We have to pay them at some point. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But now how do we make money more light and fun and something that's not, not taboo, something we can talk about and play with and do things with and get more of it? Stop
1: telling kids that all they're allowed to do with their money is save it. Because it's generational. Um, I just learned the term from Mike McCullowick's axioms. We have this generational belief An axiom is a belief that we believe because the previous generation believed it. That money is meant to be saved or we're not going to have enough. And we have this really scarce mindset around money. There's just not enough of it and it's not going to go around. So we need to stop teaching that to our kids. First and foremost, stop. There are three things to do with money. You can only do three things with money. You can spend it, you can save it, and you can give it away. To be healthy financially, you need to be doing all three. So telling your kids save, 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 save makes them terrified of spending it. And then when they become adults and they have to spend it, they're afraid to talk about how much they spent because obviously they've spent more than their friends spent. And that means they failed because they spent too much. And then they're afraid to let it go to have fun and they become grouchy. And then they're afraid to let it go for their kids and their kids become grouchy. Or we tell them save, 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 save. And they decide to rebel. And so they go spend and they just spend it like it's on fire. And then they have no control and they're overwhelmed and they're scared and they're frustrated because they have no control because we did them a disservice as their parents by not teaching them balance. You have to teach your children all of it. And for our generation, what we need to do is teach ourselves that spending, saving and giving are all okay. do it all and have fun with it. If you don't spend enough, it's going to be hard the first time you go out and you like go buy a ridiculously expensive pair of shoes because they're cute. Go do it anyway. You worked hard for that money. It's yours. You didn't lie for it, cheat for it or steal it. So it's okay to spend it.
0: Okay, so there's a couple things that, well, there's three things I want to touch on here. Number one is the power of generational, quote, trauma. And this is what um, I talk about more on like the scientific biological level, understanding our subconscious programming. Mm -hmm. So as an example, example, my grandma was born shortly after the Great Depression. So of course she was taught fear around money. There's not enough. So she had that fear mindset. So of course, consciously, probably unconsciously, she put that into her daughters, which is my mom. And so I don't totally remember the money mindset growing up, but that would have been subconscious programming, fear, lack, scarcity, not enough, money causes conflict, fights, whatever. So if we're not aware of that, because if you want to go to that level, you know, we're programmed in our subconscious from third trimester, trimester pregnancy up until age seven. So we're not even like aware and we can't say, no, that's not true because we're a sponge. Mm -hmm. So anyway, what I want to bring up is that generational trauma, just become aware of it and then decide that's not my truth. That's not my story. Mm -hmm. the second thing I want to bring up I can remember this so I was I was young let's say like 13 and I had my first job when I was in the fourth grade so I think I was like eight I had a paper route, and we got something like 50 bucks a month it it wasn't a ton of money but I was good at saving but I loved spending and shopping too but this one instance it's still I can see it in my mind I went to the arcade and I blew quote blew it was like 16 dollars but a kid in the 90s blowing $16. I felt horrible. I felt guilt. I felt like I never wanted to experience that again because it was literally like just burning and I didn't get anything out of it. So I even believe I know, but as a kid, somehow I was like, Oh, I just lost. That's a good word. I lost my money. And I think another big thing, at least this is my perspective. We're afraid that when we spend or give money, more isn't going to return. Where if we think of, isn't it the law of reciprocity that
1: what mm-hmm. you give
0: out comes back to you?
1: I like um, Dave Ramsey does it where if you're holding your money like this, mm-hmm. nothing can get in. Mm-hmm. But if you hold this, your money like this, yes, some goes away, but more comes back. So, so
0: for those it that listening, around. you're saying- when you're white knuckling, closed tight fist, nothing can get in.
1: Yeah, because there's there's no path into a fist. Yeah. But when you lay your hand flat and you offer it out, you offer it out. Somebody might come and take some money off, but somebody else might come and drop some on top. So that's why I think the importance of our conversation
0: is you can go out and get a new job, get a second job, try to save more, try to whatever. But you're creating this. This still lack scarcity model around money whereas open up those fists let it come in and like how do we have this more ease and flow abundance mindset start
1: small you like you said Rome wasn't built in a day you can't eat an elephant one bite in one bite you have to start small okay so maybe spending 16 dollars at the arcade is terrifying what if you spend a dollar Just go in there and play one round of skee ball. get your tickets, get your little prize. You know, they're going to give you a little top with your little tickets and then put that top on your desk where you see it. And every time you're going to have that surge of joy, I spent a dollar and it was fun. It was whimsical and childish and it brought me joy. Mm. And then next time go out and buy yourself a chocolate shake just because it's fun. Just because you want something sweet. You wasted that money. No, you didn't. Enjoy what you consume because we have to consume. Mm -hmm. We have to spend our time somewhere. Why not spend our time having some fun at the arcade? We have to eat. Why not spend a little money and have a chocolate shake with it? Yeah. Spend that little extra. And then it'll be easier to say, you know what? I would really like some flowers. I think I'm going to grab some. Add the $5 to your grocery bill. Cause you grabbed a bouquet of flowers before you left. And the same with giving start really small every Christmas. There's bell ringers outside Walmart, drop a dollar in there. You're going to walk by the next time and you're going to say, I I gave them a dollar. They're going to be able to help people because I gave them that dollar. My dollar's not going to do a ton, but I contributed. I'm helping and it's going to help you feel better. And then maybe the next time. You're walking and somebody asks you for $5. And you say, you know what? I believe in what your mission is. So I'm going to give you this $5. And then a local charity runs a fundraiser. And you say, you know what? Here's 20 bucks. I believe in your mission. And I want that mission to have wings. And my $20 is going to get folded into wings for your mission. And I'm doing that. And it starts out with those little gifts until you reach where you want to be. I really, really, really want to pay off my house and donate my mortgage to a charity. Like, I just want to take what I'm currently paying as my mortgage payment every month and donate it to a different charity every month. Can you imagine that that nonprofit when that donation hits their bank account? They're going to put so many wings on so many messages and have so much power and help human beings and help our earth and our trees and our animals and make our world a better place. And you know what? I have three kids. I really, really, really want them to have a good earth. I have an okay earth. I had an okay childhood, but I grew through, I was in third grade and 9-11 and I lived through the great recession. I want my kids not to have those generational traumas, not to have this fear of money and to go out and just do amazing things. And I want their whole generation to have that power. So I support charities that help kids so that these kids can do amazing things. Well, and I think it's important to think of
0: money as a tool, right? Money is just that medium. It's a tool to give to others, to serve others, to help others. And I I think this is a powerful thing to sit around. Let's say for those currently feeling lack or scarcity, not enoughness, if you could sit and look around and just have gratitude, like, I have a couch or I have food in the fridge. I have clothes in my body, like have gratitude for the small things and continue feeling in that vibe because it changes your focus on what's not working.
1: Yeah. And I'm going to be really controversial and tell you, if you're living in scarcity, still drop a dollar in the bell ringers bucket. It's, it's gonna hurt. It's going to have a bigger impact on you than it does them. You're going to feel so good about yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Or
0: even, and, and I've heard people do this before, when you're going through the drive through let's say you're at Starbucks or something and anonymously, well, it's sort of anonymous, but pay for the person behind you. Just do a, an anonymous deed just because you want to help somebody.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. My, so my three-year-old, one of her favorite things to do is we call it being the candy fairy. Um, our mall has like these little trolley cars full of candy machines that take quarters and you just spits candy. And when we go to the mall, she says, mommy, can we be candy fairy? And she just sticks quarters in the machines and then we leave. And we never know who's going to get her quarters, Mm. but she knows that she gave away quarters. It didn't, it's not a ton of money. It's quarters. We do maybe two or $3 at a time, but it has such an impact that my three-year-old and my six-year-old now are so eager to go give their quarters away so that some other kids can just have the thrill of finding a machine with candy already ready to go. Well, mom, but that's amazing and way to teach
0: him young. So here's what I want to ask you. What are some daily rituals you do to keep yourself in this high vibe, abundant money mindset? I
1: stay really in control of my money. And I know that doesn't sound high vibe because it's really controlling and minute, but I always know where my money is. So I'm always confident that I know what's going on. So part of my morning routine is I drink my coffee and I reconcile my budget Normal people don't reconcile their budgets every morning and that's okay. I'm not telling you, you need to, but it helps me feel confident that I know what's where and that nothing has like transpired that I wasn't aware of. But simply just staying present with your money and not putting it on the shelf. Don't do your budget on the first of the month and then not look at it again until the first of the month. Sit down every week. Like sit down on Friday, check your budget, make sure that what you think is there is still there, that you're spending where you think you're spending, because it's going to, you're going to realize that there's more there than you thought there was. Yeah. Always. And you're always going to feel like, Hey, I spent less on Sonic this week. Okay. I, I downloaded the Sonic app and I found out if you have the Sonic app, you can get half price drinks all the time. Not only during happy hour. And so now I'm like, I really just need to go get a root beer, not for any reason, but because I really like root beer and Sonic ice. And so I'm like, I spent less money at Sonic this week than I thought I had, because those drinks were half price. Um, and those little wins keep you feeling excited. And then you find something to do with the money you saved. Like my favorite thing to do is I budget a certain amount of money to go to Sonic in a month. And if I don't use it all that month, then I give it to my kids in their allowance it's a, their their monthly bonus, so then they get to put it into their budgets and it's c- keeping them consistently budgeting.
0: I think that's important and way to go for teaching them young. So what I want to ask you is, because we've talked a lot about different money things, but if you could give just one key takeaway, what do you want people to know?
1: Money's not scary it's paper it's It's overwhelming to think about because we give it so much power. But when you stop and you sit down and you think for a minute, it's paper and you don't have to be scared. It's not going to bite. You can be in control. Yes. I love that.
0: Okay. So what I want to ask you to wrap up the interview or just a couple of rapid fire questions. The first one being, what is a quote or motto that you live by?
1: Um, I really like Rachel Cruz says a budget doesn't tell me I can't spend a budget is permission to spend because that's how I do my budget. I do my budget planning to spend a certain amount of money.
0: Yeah, I like that. What is a book you're currently reading or highly recommend?
1: Um, I'm rereading Profit First and I have on the shelf next to it to read afterwards Extreme Ownership.
0: What's a highlight of that first book?
1: Profit First, um, the mission of Profit First as a company is to eradicate entrepreneurial poverty. And the highlight of the book is your business doesn't have to steal your money. It can start giving you profit the day you launch. Oh,
0: yes. Again, that's a shift in perspective. Huge.
1: I really, really like absolutely love Profit First because it's a simple shift in priorities that gives you so much more power over your business's finances. All right. Final question. What advice would you give your younger self? Slow down. We were so eager to have everything as quickly as possible Mm. that we didn't really take our time to, to get it at the right time. So we financed our car because we didn't want to wait to save for it. We financed solar panels because we financed the car. We got a mortgage that we couldn't afford because we really wanted to own a house. Um, slow down it will come but it doesn't have to be today the only person putting a time deadline on it is you I like that and what a
0: great note to end on Leah thank you so much for joining me thank you for having me thanks for tuning into today's episode I'd love it if you could leave a review and remember to subscribe and share this episode with your friends if you haven't yet connect with me on the social platforms you can add me on Instagram at Heather.Hakes and subscribe to my YouTube channel. I'll catch you on the next episode.